it's real joy to be to be here this morning, um, as we say on on Pentecost Sunday, and you know when it comes. Craig was talking about, you know, the Holy Spirit and maybe my journey with the Holy Spirit. And it's so interesting because actually as a young Christian, the Holy Spirit didn't have a lot of airtime in my life. I mean, I knew he existed. I knew that I couldn't be born into the family of God apart from him. But I think if I was really honest I was a little bit afraid of him. I mean, and in those days, we called him the Holy Ghost. So like that made it even more, something more to be afraid of. Um, but I, I do think that there was a certain amount of fear around the idea of the Holy Spirit. And then when I started to meet people who would have been either, you would have described them as either charismatic or Pentecostal, then I was even more scared because I thought they were all nuts. And... Uh, <laughs> And maybe some of them were. <laughs> but, but, but to, you know, there was that combination of, of feelings around. And, I, I do, and, and yet at the same time, you know, there was a sense as, as you walked with God, there was such a sense that we need you, Lord, and we need your power in our lives. And especially as Paul and I began a little house church in our own home and we didn't know what we were doing, actually that probably catapulted us even more into a hunger and a desire. I'd have to say it was a hunger and desire for more of God because, you know, we still didn't really understand the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. But there was a there was a deepening hunger and there was a deepening sense of our own inadequacy and a deepening sense of, Lord, we really need you. And, and I think today that is true for all of us. You know, we look at our world. We look at the brokenness of our world. We look at the challenges of our world. We look at the increasing sense of, you know, secularization of our world and we go, Lord, we're just as God's people, we're just not adequate to be able to deal with the challenges that we face today. We need you. We need you more powerfully than we've ever needed you before. We need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives individually, but in our lives collectively. We're not clever enough. We're not, you know, insightful enough to make it on our own. And and so if for any, and, and it wouldn't, your journey will not be my journey, but if in any of you there is any kind of sense of, you know, wariness about the Holy Spirit, we don't need to be wary because he is the third person of the Trinity. And we when we say that, we don't mean like third as in First, second, third, you know that somehow he is the lesser member of the Trinity. God is co-equal. He dwells in perfect harmony, Father, Son, and Spirit. And Jesus, of course, when he was talking to his disciples, he talked to them about the Holy Spirit. He said to them, you know, it's good that I would, I'm going to go away because he, the Holy Spirit, he talked about him being the counselor. He is going to come and he, it's going to be a new day of the Spirit where the Spirit of God will fill you, will indwell you, will equip you, will lead you into truth. And so therefore, there's absolutely no need to fear him on any kind of level. 
And I think if we want to experience spiritual reality today, if we want to live dynamic Christian lives, if we want to see God moving in power, then God wants to meet us and he wants to pour out his Holy Spirit upon us. And whatever our experience of the Spirit is, you know, we talk about baptism in the Spirit and we come back to that when we're talking about Pentecost. That experience of being you know, completely filled, completely drenched in the Holy Spirit. And maybe you've had that experience, and maybe you haven't. But I would say to you today, to, to have a, raise your expectation that even if that has been your experience, because the Bible tells us, keep on being filled with the Spirit. You know, do it on a daily basis. I, I, because we, we leak. We need the Holy Spirit to come and fill us over and over and over again and make that a daily request. Come and fill me today. I can't make it today without you, Lord. Come and fill me today. And so whatever your experience of the Holy Spirit is, I would say just raise your expectation because as we've worshipped today, as we've prayed for Caden, it's evident the Spirit of God is amongst us. He is here. He is present and the longing of I believe the father's heart is that he would keep on pouring out isn't that what Jesus said when he talked about um, the good father who gives good gifts to his children and he says you know if you ask your father for bread he won't give you a stone and and he said so if you're evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children Think of how much your heavenly father wants to give good gifts to you. He wants to pour his good gifts into your life. And Jesus said, and when, I'm ta- when he was talking about this, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Your good father wants to come. He wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants to equip you. He wants to pour his power out upon you. He is your good, good father. It's a young fella and you're sitting right behind Craig. And I just feel like the Lord wants to really encourage you this morning. He sees your heart. You have a heart that's hungry for more of God. And he's saying, I see your heart and I'm responding to your heart. I feel like the Lord is saying to you, he's called you to be a pipeline that the more that you take in of the Father's love for you, the more you have a deep understanding of that special relationship that you have for him. I just feel that there's a pipeline going out of your life, and the Lord says, I will fill you, but I'm just not content to fill you. I want to flow out of you, and I want to use you. And it's almost like You'll, you'll do it naturally. We talk about being naturally supernatural, but I feel like the Lord's assuring you that you'll do it naturally. You don't have to work something up, but that as you stay in close connection to your Father, the Spirit of God will flow through you and it will be a pipeline of his love and of his goodness into the lives of others. They'll taste something of the goodness of the Father as, as you release the power of the Holy Spirit Drink him in, but release him to touch the lives of others. And that's what he wants to do for us. He wants to empower us. He wants to empower us all. I often think, you know, can you imagine, like Craig read the passage in Acts, and I was going to read it to you as well. And I, can you really imagine what it must have been like to be there? You, can you put yourselves 
in the disciples' shoes. Jesus said to them, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he's already, Jesus, as I've said, has already talked to them about the Holy Spirit. He told them that he, he was the comforter, the advocate, the strengthener, the one called alongside to help. But I think on that day, they must have looked around and thought, Jesus told, his, told us he was a comforter, but there, there's nothing much comforting about this. This is a wee bit scary. Do you know what I mean? It was like they were told to wait. And I don't know about you, but you know, when you're waiting for something, but it doesn't have a date attached to it. I mean, our uh, lovely couple here today, you're going to be married on Saturday. So you've got a date set. You know it's coming up. But sometimes there are things happening in our lives and you know they're going to happen, okay, but you're not exactly sure when. Well, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So one, they didn't know the exact day or time that it was going to happen. And two, they probably didn't know what it was going to look like. And to be honest, whenever I was sort of starting to really be hungry for experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, I, I couldn't quite work out what it might look like or, or what if someone prayed for me, what, what, that, what I might experience, what, what I might go through. And so these disciples were being obedient to Jesus. They were going to be together. It was a feast of Pentecost. Jesus did observed the feast when he was with them. So this wasn't new. They were, they were Jewish boys. They, they would have observed the feasts. So they would have done this many times. This was the feast of Pentecost. So they were going to be together, to worship, to pray together, as Jesus had told them. Um, but they were also celebrating the feast. And so they're going into the room and, and they're, they're beginning to worship and they're beginning to pray. And the someday that Jesus talked about became that day. And I've just such a sense today that for some of you, your someday could be today, where God comes and touches you and fills you in a new and a fresh way. And there they were, and I mean, it was dramatic. You know, there was a mighty rushing, rushing wind. The, the building actually shook. Tongues of fire came and um, rested on their heads. And I mean, if it had been you, maybe you were looking around and going, oh my goodness, like, look, there's tongues of fire on all of their And then you're looking up and you're going, oh, it's over my head as well. And then the next thing is there's an outburst of praise and worship and people speaking in languages that they didn't know. And it was so turbulent and they burst out onto the street and people were going, what on earth is going on? Until eventually Peter gets up and gives them an explanation of what's happening. And, and I do think you prob you, they probably did think, you know, that this is the most dramatic thing that has ever happened to us. And they were overcome and overpowered by the Spirit of God. And so he is a comforter, but sometimes it's not exactly as we expect it to be. Uh, Billy Graham said this. He said, we dig our little trenches and we say, oh God, you're going to work this way and only this way. But God breaks out 
and does it his own way. And so as we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, I think we do need to be prepared for the unexpected and to say, Lord, um, and in a sense, it's even Craig's word to us today about, you know, disappointment. And But the, the truth is that we don't see the bigger picture. You know, I, I think that sometimes God comes to us in ways that we least expect. And even, you know, that that we say, well, Lord, I think it would be better if you did it this way. Well, I'm, I'm very good at that. I'm very good at telling the Lord what he, what he needs to do and how he should do it. And, uh, and he says, no, no, Priscilla, you haven't got the bigger picture here. And so expect me to do things in unexpected ways. Don't hem me in. And I think that was my experience of the Holy Spirit. I think I had a view of God that was very limited. Um, and even as people who I knew had been baptized in the Spirit and were familiar with things of the Spirit would tell me stories. Um, my own sister-in-law went away when we were students. She went away on YWAM to Morocco. And I remember her coming home that summer and having amazing stories of how God had touched people on the street and how God had healed people. And honestly, I mean, I loved her. She was my friend, and she wasn't my sister-in-law then. She was my friend. I loved her. But my brain was going, I don't really believe this. And yet, why would I think she would lie to me? And so even I was rationalizing it and going, oh, well, she probably thought something happened, but it didn't really happen. You know, if you'd gone back to that person the next day, nothing much would have changed. That's how closed my mind was to the possibility that God could break out in unexpected ways. And I think that was the most amazing thing when eventually I was open to the Spirit of God moving in my life that I really feel like he changed my worldview. Honestly, it was like getting a different pair of glasses to look at the world from. Um, as he filled my life, he changed me. I think he revolutionized my thinking. He certainly revolutionized my worship and, and, and just changed how I view the world. Because before that, you know, you were taught that a lot of the things that happened in the Gospels and in the New Testament and the Acts, well, that was only for those days. It wasn't really for these days. And so as people would have discussed things and, and, and had an expectation for God to do things, I would go, oh, I don't think God would do that. Oh, no, and I know he definitely wouldn't do that. And so my God was really, really small. And it, was, it took the Holy Spirit in my life to just open up my mind to the greatness and the wonder of the Father. And that is the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit. He reveals Jesus to us, and he reveals the Father to us. And I think that one of the unexpected works and that we don't emphasize enough of the Holy Spirit is, you know, where it talks in Romans where the Holy Spirit comes and he witnesses, he speaks to our own spirits. If we've given our lives to Jesus, if we've said, Lord, you know, you died for me, you give your life for me, I want to invite you into my life and become a child of God. Well, when you do that, the Spirit of God comes and dwells in you, and then he speaks to your own spirit. And, the, and Romans tells us that it's through the Holy Spirit that we're able to cry, Abba, Father, in, in that 
intimate sense of Abba, Daddy, that Spirit of God gives us a sense that we are the children of God and gives us a sense of security. And this rootedness that we're talking about, that, you know, whenever we're, we're brought up in good families and we're loved well and we're given a sense of security, that is such a blessing. But the wonderful thing is that even if that has not been your human experience, when you come to Jesus, you get new roots. You get roots into a different family where you can be secure in who you are, knowing that you're loved, knowing that you're a child of God, knowing that he's for you and that he will empower you to live for him. That's what happens when you come to know Jesus. And it's the spirit of God. I love this. It's like, you know, people sometimes do feel a little bit insecure in their faith. It's the Spirit of God who makes us feel secure, who speaks to... It's supernatural. It actually is supernatural. That supernaturally, we, are, we have this experience of the Spirit ministering to us and saying, you're mine. You're mine. You belong to me. When the enemy comes with his lies, when the enemy comes to undermine you, when the enemy comes to say even, well, who do you think you are, even to think that you would have this relationship with God, the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirits and says, don't listen to him. Don't listen. He speaks lies. I speak the truth. And God wants you to experience the truth of who you are in him. It's sometimes hard when there's a bright light shining in your face to actually respond to what you feel the Holy Spirit's saying in terms of people in the room because some of you are in darkness, but away at the back, there is a guy and you're sitting right by the window and I can see white stripes on your T-shirt. So you will know who you are. And I really believe that the Lord is wanting to bring a sense of... You've just turned around and looked at somebody and said, is she really talking to me? (laughs) Um, I really feel the Lord is wanting to bring such a sense of security into your life as to who you are as a child of God, but also to change your perception of who you are as a man of God. I feel like the enemy has worked to undermine you and, and... I believe that the Holy Spirit, even today, is whispering to your spirit, this is who you are. You are mine, and you belong to me, and I am your good father, and I want to pour out in this season in your life good gifts. I feel like the Lord is saying, don't hold back, that he wants to have a deep personal friendship with you. And he also wants to pour into you that as you ask him and come to him, and Jesus said when he was teaching his disciples to pray, come, ask, even ask for your daily bread. I feel like there might be some practical things that you need to ask the Lord for. And you're even wondering, well, is God interested in those things? He's interested. He's interested. He knows what you need at this time in your life, both spiritually and materially. And he said, I'm the God who will meet your needs. Come and ask. But know that the Spirit of God wants to just change your perception of who you are as a child of God and whisper that deep sense of security into your mind and heart. 
He, it is so wonderful to have this relationship with him. And let's not forget, he is God, as we've said, that he is a person. He's not an it, you know, because we talk about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I, I think, and, and that was part of my problem. You know, I, I didn't understand that he was a person. He was fully God. I had no need to fear him in any shape or form. He is a person. And so even in scripture, he's revealed to us as having, you know, we, we read about the emotions of the spirit. We read about the actions of the spirit. We read about the mind of the spirit. He is a person. And yes, he is spirit. And so the disciples experienced on this day that incredible outpouring. And I just want to highlight for us that, you know, when the day of Pentecost came and they were all together and the Spirit of God was poured out upon them, you know, what did it look like for them? And then what could it look like for us? And I just want to highlight a few things, probably from my own experience that I have experienced, I think that they experienced as well um, in terms of when, when the Holy Spirit comes and fills us and baptizes us, what it actually looks like. I do, I do want to read the verses just again because um, Craig has read them, but it's just good to hear them again. When the day of Pentecost, it's Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Craig emphasized it. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked. Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them? in our native language and then I'm just going to go on <coughs> amazed and perplexed they asked one another what does this mean some however made fun of them and said they've too much wine then Peter stood up with the 11 raised his voice and addressed the crowd and we know the rest that happened and you know Peter talks to them about how in the last days God says he will pour out his spirit on all people that even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So there were no exceptions. The spirit of God was poured out upon them. Um, men, women, old, young, different people, and they still experienced that infilling of the spirit. And what did it look like for them? It looked like the dynamic reality of God's power. The, the word most associated with the Holy Spirit is power. You have the violent wind, you have the tongues of fire. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The outward signs were very dramatic. In fact, nobody was sitting asking, I wonder is this it? I wonder is this what Jesus was talking about? You know, could this be the, the coming of the Spirit? No, I think they knew. Um, they were amazed. They maybe didn't understood, understand the full outworking of it, but they were amazed. 
And I think our God is a God of power who wants to come and infuse our weak human lives with himself. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. When we are filled with the Spirit, when we are baptized in the Spirit, it releases God's power to us. I remember talking to a girl um, in Dublin. It was before the pandemic, actually before COVID, and she had been part of the Church of Scientology, which is a cult. And she said within that cult, she had experienced supernatural power. She had seen things that could only have been the result of something that was supernatural. And she had um, broke away from, from the cult. Uh, she still wasn't a Christian, but somebody asked her to go to um, a Christian church. And she said she went with a bit of fear and trepidation because she'd come out of one cult and she, she sort of thought of church maybe as being possibly the same thing, another cult. But she said she went in and at the end they were praying for people. And she said she was the only one in this circumstance when they were praying for folks, she was the only one it happened to. But she said as they were praying, she was literally catapulted out of her seat and, you know, sort of thrown backwards. And in that moment as she lay on the ground, you know, she had a revelation that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, had died for her. She invited Jesus into her life and, and she experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit all at the same time. And she said, Do you know, if God hadn't have touched me with his power in that way, she said, I don't know that I would have become a Christian because she said, I knew what this, what supernatural power from, from the devil looked like. Um, and she said, so if God had just presented himself to me as someone just with a philosophical idea, she said, that wouldn't have held any attraction for me at all. But because I experienced that infilling of the power of the Spirit of God, she said, I knew it was real. And like she really was on fire for the Lord. So I think we do experience something. And we have an expectation. You know, it's why we pray for the sick. It's why we say, you know, let's pray for you because we believe in a supernatural God who can intervene in our lives and can change our lives and come pour out his Holy Spirit upon us and and so it opens up our eyes to new possibilities it's a dynamic reality of God's power but the other thing is there comes when the Holy Spirit comes and fills us and it's why Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem there there comes a boldness to witness a, a freedom to talk about your faith that perhaps we didn't experience apart from the Holy Spirit. Peter, the disciple who denied Jesus, you know, the one who said, I, I don't even know him. He now stands up in front of this crowd of 3,000 people, or, or more than 3,000 probably, and he, he explains the gospel to them fearlessly and boldly. And it says in the Acts of the Apostles, daily people were being added to their number. 
the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples. These ordinary guys, they were just ordinary people with his dynamic power. And the effect on their world was immediate and dramatic. It was really dramatic. And, and so they began to share the gospel. They began to preach. They began to talk about Jesus. And I think God does desire the same for us today. And, you know, many of us, perhaps in the room, think of certain people that we know who are evangelists, who can talk about Jesus easily, who preach the gospel and go, well, that's not me. But when the Holy Spirit comes and fills you and gives you that, speaks to your spirit and gives you that sense of who you are, you are a child of God, you can be secure in your relationship with the Father, I think he comes and enables us just to naturally be able to talk about our faith and, and to be able to um, have conversations with people and take, take the opportunities. And with the gifts of the Spirit, where there are gifts that are words of knowledge and words of wisdom, where even in conversation with people, you can get a sense um, of the Lord revealing something to you about their heart or about their lives or about what's going on with them. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like really sort of spooky where you look at them with a sort of glittery eye and go oh god showed me something about you you don't want to do that but just in conversation you can show them there's god in heaven who knows them who loves them who cares about them and who wants a relationship with them and so i love the fact that jesus said you know i'm going to make you fishers of men he didn't say you ought to be and i think i lived a good part of my christian life thinking I ought to be somebody who can share my faith. I ought to be somebody who can do this better than I do. But Jesus said, I'm going to make you. I'm going to equip you. And part of that equipping is the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then, as I said, it's a release. When the Holy Spirit comes, so does his gifts. There's a release of gifts. There's a dynamic understanding of the power of God. There's a boldness to witness and there's a release of the gifts of the Spirit. Because we read about it here, don't we? That all of them spoke in tongues. All of them spoke in a language that they hadn't known before. Many of them began to prophesy. And prophecy is basically, and you can read about it in Corinthians, it's a gift where God says, I've given you this gift so that you can comfort each other, so that you can strengthen each other, so, so that you can encourage one another. And, and essentially prophecy is speaking to someone God's heart for them. This, you know, if I'm saying this to this young man here, it's not because Priscilla just wants to you know, say nice things to him and encourage him. It's because I'm just having a sense, this is God's heart for you. This is, this is what God wants to say to you today. And so when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with his gifts. And that we need to have an expectation that that's going to happen. I mean, I again was brought up with, you know, well, if God wants to give you a gift, you, you, you know, you shouldn't ask for it. You should just sort of wait until you see what happens. But actually it tells us in Corinthians that we should earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And, and it even says, and especially that you would prophesy. So it's okay to ask. And I remember too when it came to the gift of tongues. I mean, I think because it does appear so different and so supernatural. I think for someone like me who was brought up being taught that 
the gifts of the Spirit are not for today, then I had a bit of a, a, a blank in my mind with regard to it. And for me, I think it was a gateway into experiencing some of the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I was nervous about it. Um, and, and I thought, well, Lord, if you want to give me that gift, okay, you know, I'll, that's fine. Um, but I was too nervous to actually ask for it. But then after a while, I thought, do you know, the Bible says that if you speak in tongues, that you build yourself up. It's the only gift given for you personally. All the other gifts are given to be a blessing to the body of Christ. But this one gift is given so that you can build yourself up. And you know, our good, good father doesn't have favorites. He doesn't have any favorites. And some of you might say, well, I've asked for this gift so many times and, you know, it's never happened for me and that doesn't seem fair. Honestly, I think sometimes we get a wee bit of a hang-up in our minds about it. And if we just relax, and that's what happened to me, it's like, ask for it and then relax. And then as well as that, you know, I had a husband who did, who did keep saying to me after he knew I'd asked, well, have you spoken in touch yet? No pressure. Um, I'm do, I am trying, Paul. I'm doing my best. And actually, for me, it was like a language. You know, I would pray in English, and then I would stop and say, okay, if there's any words come to mind, I'm going to pray them out. And you, it's sort of hard to explain, but when you start to speak out those words that come to your mind, I think many, many people who start to speak in tongues start to feel a little bit foolish and think, am I just making this up? You know, is this just... But but I did persevere with it. I didn't give up. I said, Lord, I've asked you for this gift. You've said the gift would build me up. I'm going to pursue this. And so for me, it was when I wasn't really thinking about it. I was actually, we'd just had our third baby. I was up feeding her in the night and I was praying about a situation in our little group. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I've prayed about this so many times. I have no more words to say. And immediately I began to pray in tongues and you know that's not what I was thinking about I was thinking about the situation and it just there was a release and a flow and I would say to you it's okay to ask ask the Lord to release the gifts of the Holy Spirit to you and so as we come to an end today I really believe that God does want to fill us and he wants to equip us Stephen maybe um, you and Sarah come and join me again and that we would have an expectation. You know, I remember the first time I was prayed for to be filled with the Spirit. We probably, because of the background we came from, didn't want to call it baptism in the Spirit. We sort of struggled with that a wee bit. I think in the end we called it things like fultism and badness and tried to get words around it. But, you know, I remember the first time I was prayed for. And by this stage I really was hungry to experience the Holy Spirit just filling me completely. And as folk prayed for me, you know, your mind doesn't go to sleep. So my mind was going, oh, I knew this, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Because when I went to get prayer, I was sort of afraid something would happen and I was afraid nothing would happen. I felt the two things at the one time. And no, oh, nothing's happening. And then it, the Holy Spirit did speak to me. And he said, Priscilla, how did you receive your salvation? And I said, well, Lord, I just asked and I believed. And the Lord said to me, will you receive my spirit exactly the same way? You're asking 
I've told you that if you ask, you'll receive. So now you just believe that as, we're, as you're being prayed for, you're receiving the fullness of my spirit into your life. And at that moment, I just relaxed. And probably the people praying for me might have thought it wasn't like the day of Pentecost. There was no, you know, ground shaking. There were no tongues of fire. But actually, for me, it was that overwhelming sense that you are, you are loved by the by God. You are loved by me. It was a, it was a, a an infilling of His overwhelming love. And then the other things worked themselves out in the period afterwards. Actually, for me, it was like a fresh, just a fresh outpouring of joy in my heart. I just remember walking down the street and, you know, and then once I did start to pray in tongues and sing in tongues, just like it did feel like that, you know, fountain that had been unlocked on the inside of you, bubbling up on the inside of you, a release of his joy. And so just come to him today. And set aside maybe any fear, set aside even any, well, what's this going to look like? And say, whatever it looks like, Lord, I just want to receive all that you have for me. 